subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Lothar. Hey. How are you, buddy? Pretty good. How are you? Good, man. Thank you for taking some time here to join the Toddcast Podcast in Vancouver, Canada. Hey, no problem. <laughs> Fantastic. I wasn't sure if you were coming fully in garb or not. This is, <laughs> this is great. How, well, how, is, how has your world been? Uh, did you guys manage to evade COVID? Uh, talk about a, a, a couple crazy, crazy years, hey? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we just enjoyed it as a break from having to be around one another. Mm. You know, uh, good war is not the most pleasant it. company, even on the best of days. So uh, <clears throat> we had we had fun. You know, I'm, I'm, I I hang out at. I've actually moved out of the Antarctican fortress and uh, gone to Florida now. I, I hang out in Florida, Sarasota, Florida. Well, that's a big change. Yeah, yeah. I live in uh, Mick Jagger's carriage house. Oh, that's great. You and Mick are pretty tight. I remember that. Yeah, me and Mick. Yeah. Way back. <laughs> and, uh, and talk I about how, how the, the pandemic maybe like affected the game plan as a, as a band. Obviously, it didn't... Uh, it didn't stifle any creativity within the band as uh, the new album, the new dark ages coming out pretty quick, June 3rd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, we, <clears throat> I mean, it, it, it slowed things down and it made us focus on uh, videos and, and uh, other ways to, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> oh my goodness. Bless you. I have no idea what happened. Uh, <laughs> Too much cocaine. Never had that happen to me before. Never had it happen. Uh, so, you know, yeah, I mean, it, it was pre pretty much a chance for us to, uh, since we weren't focusing on live shows, we worked on video stuff. We worked on some comic content and worked on getting some deals worked out, stuff like that. Uh, you know, so uh, we, we took the time to, as I think a lot of uh, rock bands did, to regroup. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's, it's just so rare that you have that much time without being on the road uh, that you are, we were able to get some things done. Yeah. And, and you're mentioning the, uh, you know, the comics and stuff, the, 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 the graphic novel, like how would that, how does that, work within the within the band like who has like i, I guess creative control and like w what are the steps to work on something like that as opposed to music well it's complete anarchy yeah yeah it's just a bunch of scribbling and fighting yeah. um but really uh, I, you know guar has always been rooted in underground comics uh uh that was really my first introduction, uh, well, my slave, uh, my thrall, human thrall, uh, uh, it was uh, his first introduction to uh, the world of Guar was the comics that were drawn by uh, Hunter Jackson uh, and Dave Brockie uh, back in the old days. And, and Guar really emerged from that, that world of... Uh, underground comics which got started in the 60s and the 70s um so it, it's always there have always been people in the band who drew comics and who did things like that and uh and wrote comics and 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 had an interest in comics certainly everybody 
in the band. So it, it's it's was natural for us to seek that kind of deal. And we'd had deals like that before with Dark Horse Comics and Last Gasp and, and other uh, uh, names in the industry. So uh, working with Z2 was a, a really good chance for us to dig in and do something long form that is directly connected to uh, the, the album, The New Dark Ages. Uh, so really in this time, what we did was we pulled ourselves together and figured we would do a massive sort of coordinated project. And that's what we did. And which superpower would you want to have? What super, well, the superpower I do have, I can, you know, <laughs> I'm a berserker. I mean, I, I can <laughs> basically blow on my thumb and I turn into a, a gigantic raving maniac. Uh, I get much larger than I am right now. It's kind of like an incredible Hulk situation though. You know, I, it's, it's unpredictable. Uh, I, I'm struggling to reconcile with the monster that lives inside of me. You get blind with rage. <laughs> blind with rage. And, and I'm, I'm running from the accusations just like Bill Bixby. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, I'm curious, which were the the bands to really truly grab a hold of you? You know, maybe the first to inspire, uh, so to speak. Uh, you know, at the Slave Pit, we used to have a lot of music going on, which is the the studio that uh, you know Guar Studio. Um, I think, as far as as playing rock and roll, uh, hardcore punk was definitely uh, something that, that I was always interested in. Um, but then, you know, for Guar as a unit, uh, there was an older set of, of artists that were uh, working on the, on the project. Uh, and those guys always listened to Jesus Christ Superstar and Kiss and Alice Cooper and uh, the Tubes, um, you know, any band that had... Uh, a theatrical presentation, you know, even mm. Parliament, right? Uh, uh, that they were uh, Devo would be a great example. Uh, bands that had uh, these sort of uh, a story and a culture behind them and, a, and an entire presentation, um, and that and you know certainly one thing we were reacting to, I think, was rock bands that were just standing there playing their music, and of course they're back to that now. You know, it's extremely boring to go to a rock concert. I, I, I would not, unless you're just hanging on, you know, it's music that you absolutely love, uh, then what is there to look at? You know, it's a bunch of preening egomaniacs strutting around on stage playing mediocre bullshit. So uh, <laughs> we wanted to do something different. Yeah, We wanted clearly. to preen around in ridiculous outfits and play mediocre bullshit. <laughs> Uh, and, and you know, the, with the, with Guar being being known for like over the top antics with the stage show, and of course the awesome costumes, and you know, there's sexual and there's some violent uh, uh, themes going on. There's political satire. That's was right. It, was it super important, uh, you know, for you guys to have a bit of a concept? Oh, absolutely. Yes, sexy, violent satire only gets you so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I mean, from the beginning, uh, I think the sexy violence, I'm probably phrasing that wrong. The sexy violence came after, uh, after the concept, 
to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, you know, that, that was uh, something that grew out of our puerile senses of humor. <laughs> once we, it was quite natural once we undertook the, uh, uh, the project to just, I mean, you know, uh, Guar is as, as rooted as it is in comics, it's also rooted in uh, science fiction and in horror movies and uh, just an interest in these kinds of things. Yeah, of course, of course. And uh, I want to go back to, to your early, early days. And I'm curious about the, the music that was in your house as a, as a kid growing up, like what were you being uh, exposed to and, and like what uh, were your parents playing? I was unfortunately exposed to a lot. Let me tell you. Yes. We're talking music my here. But yeah. <laughs> my mother, my mother was a, a cow, a giant cow. And my father's, I have multiple fathers. They were a race of frost giants who, slept with my mother the cow although it wasn't rape she enjoyed it but uh, i mean you know she welcomed these all comers so to speak uh but yeah yes but uh <clears throat> i'm actually a dwarf but i am a giant dwarf so it sort of balances out believe it or not <laughs> right yeah yeah um but you know at my house what we would listen to uh I was raised singing the songs of my people. <laughs> what just ridiculous uh, mountain hymnals, uh, you know, uh, uh, religious music. That's, that's what, that's what was in my house. Um, and uh, it's actually how I came to learn how to sing or to understand music was uh, through singing these uh songs of uh spiritual songs of praise uh and then at some point you know i i realized wow this is just a bunch of bullshit and so i be began to be more interested in what was on the radio things like uh well i did have i will say that my first exposure to kiss was my grandmother had a kiss record i don't know why i have no idea but i'll never forget it I was sitting there looking through records and there was a Freddie Fender record that I would play a lot. And then <laughs> one day I just found a kiss record. It was a uh, rock and roll over and I played it and was uh, very, very impressed by it. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, when I was growing up though, it, I did grow up in a family that, that, that uh, participated in uh, uh, religious music a lot. And what, what was the first concert that you went to? The first concert that I went to ever was, uh, I mean, you, you got to give me a break here. It's been 9,000 years. Coming through cobwebs here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, actually, I, I went to, uh, to see the, the Pretenders. Okay, and, the, yeah, and that rock band, the Alarm, that looked like those sort of rock star chickens, you know, with the big yeah. hair everywhere. Those are my favorite chickens, the rock star chickens. Yes. Uh, a couple fan questions here for you, Lothar. Uh, Rob want, wants to know: Is there something that you guys have wanted to do on stage that a promoter says you can't do? Well, occasionally you'll have a promoter who comes out and says things like, uh, you know, you can't show those wieners. And we say, wait a minute, they're not wieners, they're cow udders, or they're a fish or something like that. Uh, 
Right. So we generally ignore whatever the hell it is they tell us to do. Um, and just, or, or what we, our favorite tactic is to say, oh yes, absolutely. We'll take care of that. And then go out there and do just exactly what we were planning to do. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's not like they can stop it once it gets underway. Uh, so, you know, there, there has really never been a time when a promoter uh, said anything to us. Uh, I think in Sioux City, Iowa, there is a, a, a city ordinance that pro prohibits, uh, you know, I do have to put socks on my udders when we play there. <laughs> <laughs> right, like the Chili Peppers did. Remember that? Uh, yeah, I do. But but they, and that's they where put the socks idea. on the cocks when they're, when yeah. they're doing like a Lollapalooza tour or something right. like that in the mid uh, mid nineties. Yeah, and that and and it's even more. You know, I mean, that was the influence for it. But the weird thing is that it just makes it look more obscene to have. Of uh, course. You know. <laughs> socks on udders. Yeah, yeah, and we used to. <laughs> I remember at that very show, we also had <laughs> this <laughs> character that would come out that we called. Uh, I don't know what would it was it the sex it might have been the sex cow, but it comes out and it's, a, it's just a monster that has uh, six boobs. So we put three bras on it at that show. It just looked so obscene. It's preposterous, right? Yeah. Uh, Brandon wants to know what's the cost on those costumes. <laughs> the cost? Uh, well, first of all, they're not costumes. I mean, this is leather and steel and rivets to quote the great exciter band <clears throat> from the eighties. Um, you know, it, it costs a lot of money to put on a gua show. I'll say that, yeah. uh, which is why it costs a lot of money to book a gua show and no, you can't afford it. And we will not play your freaking bat mitzvah. So forget it. <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it, it costs a lot of money. I mean, to give an actual figure, I don't know probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 or $11,000. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Well, you've got, you, you've got professional artists and, you know, forging steel <clears throat> and leather and polishing rivets, you know, cost money. Cost money. Yeah. Uh, Christian says, uh, did they think they'd stand a chance at winning those two Grammy nominations? <laughs> Did we think we'd stand a chance? We had absolutely no interest in the Grammy nominations, which is why the Grammys got so angry at me uh, when I said that these were the accolades of a dim-witted child. And, and that's exactly what, what they are. Uh, you know, they're, they're just uh, stupid. I mean, uh, who, who, who gives a shit about a Grammy? Yeah. That's not, that's Best not where we're speaking. answer ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Cam goes. Uh, what's the craziest prank that he's done, or had done on himself? Done on myself. Ah, uh, the craziest prank. I don't know. I mean, you know, mostly I'm just trying to get through the day <laughs> from point A to point B, and eat as many hot dogs as I possibly can. So. I think probably the, the, the greatest prank that I've ever had pulled on me was uh, that I, I got catfished one time. I, I, I was all set to marry who I thought was 
a very, very gorgeous cow that I met on FarmersOnly.com. <laughs> but as, as luck would have it, it was, it was a Coke machine dressed as a cow. Oh. Yeah, very disappointing. Actually, it was a vending machine that sold milk that was dressed as a cow. <laughs> FarmersOnly.com. That's where I go. <laughs> this episode's brought to you by. That's right. R Randall wants to know, does it hurt when you pee? <laughs> it hurts when I do anything. <laughs> yes, of course. Of course it, <clears throat> it hurts when I pee. It especially hurts the people that are on the end of my pee. <laughs> when they get blasted in the face, which happens a surprising amount. Outs outside of music and, and peeing on people, what you're known for. What do you Yeah, me and Chuck Berry. What do you <laughs> yes, exactly? What are you uh binge watching lately? Ah, uh, well. Uh, my 600 pound life. I like that. I like that doctor. Why are you so fat? I don't understand. Why do you eat so much? I like that. I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, mostly, yeah, mostly that thousand pound sisters. I like to watch shows about really homebound fat people. Heavy, heavy people, 600 pounds. Like, dude, I'm 230 and like, I couldn't imagine twice two and a half my weights man it's crazy yeah yeah Big. have you seen this show my 600 pound life yeah oh it's great great those are some good looking women <laughs> come on now what, what's the worst job you've had the worst job i've had was probably spreading hot asphalt <laughs> for like five dollars an hour that was the worst job that i had uh, I kept telling people, you know, I'm in a rock band. I'm going to, we're the next big thing. <laughs> As I spread asphalt for $5 an hour. Yeah. Pushing uh, yeah. you towards asphalt. music. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever seen an asphalt truck? That, oh, dude. Like a, yeah. Hauling like a big boiling cauldron of something that smells so bad. It makes you vomit all over bubbling the up and yeah. like, you can smell it from three blocks away. And yeah, that's a great, that's a great gig. Yeah. That's a great job. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Blothar, I'll ask you two, two more questions and we'll wrap it up here. Are you a big sports fan? Which is, which is your team? Well, I'm big and I'm a sports fan. So yes. Uh, I mean, you know, living in Sarasota, uh, we have Grapefruit League football, uh, Grapefruit League baseball, excuse me, Grapefruit football. That sounds a little obscene. Um, I mean, you know, I like hockey. I like, you know, go Bolts, man. Uh, I like, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> are, do you think that they are going to take it for a third time? Uh, I hope so. You know, uh, it, it, it. It's not like it does feel wrong, even to me as a resident of Southern Florida, but I'm not a native, obviously. Uh, <laughs> I'm from the world of mist. Right. But, you're a different planet, man. Different world. Right. But like many fat old people, I now live in Florida. And so I can say that, uh, you know, of course, it feels wrong to have a team from Southern Florida playing against a legendary Canadian hockey team and, the, and they uh, just tied it up didn't they i think they they just yeah, uh, evened yeah. it up two games apiece that's right yep so uh you know but 
I do enjoy going to a going to a hockey game. That's that's a that's a lot of fun. I like screaming out things, learning personal things about the players, and then saying inappropriate things about them where they can hear them on the ice to try and get them upset. You know, like uh, like if they're an alcoholic or if they beat their wife or something. That's the funnest thing about hockey is that you could scream at these twits and make them really angry and break their concentration. Last one for you, Blothar. I want you to share a near-death story where you're like, holy shit, I could have just died there. Ah, well, <clears throat> we were actually <clears throat> on, uh, on crossing <clears throat> a pass in uh, Snoqualmie, which is a, a, a place down in uh, uh, the state of Washington. And uh, we had reached the top of this mountain and suddenly the highways were slanted so that, uh, you know, what they call the super. So the trucks saved their brakes. But unfortunately, it had slicked up and it was basically just like a big funnel that led everybody into the ditch. <laughs> and so uh, we were stranded with our vehicle there on the, on the, on the uh, ice. And suddenly here comes a double long fuel truck. Oh, my God. That is jackknifed right for the vehicle that we were in uh, and everybody started running, but you know, I'm slow. Look at me. Speed is not my strong suit. <laughs> so, yeah. So I started running down the mountain and uh, the, the, the fuel truck hit the van that we were in and the van hit me. Uh, and I went sailing probably at least like, 30 yards down, down this, uh, I mean, it was a long ways because I was on ice too. Right. So, uh, probably the ice is the only thing that saved me because I, I started skidding and I, uh, went down the mountain and I was somehow fine. I couldn't believe it. Wow. Wow. But I remember as the, as the van was hitting my back, I remember thinking to myself, I was not panicked at all. I was just like, this is so fucking stupid. This is how I'm going to die? Like, really? (laughs) (laughs) My God. Hit by my own van. Totally. That's crazy. Awesome. Thank you again, man, for for taking some time this morning to to hang out with the Toddcast here in Vancouver. Your band's very easy, obviously, to find on social media, just simply at Guar. That's right. The new Dark Ages coming out June 3rd. Check it out. Check it out. And, uh, Thanks again. Well, I guess we'll see you online. All right. The Toddcast Podcast. Follow on Instagram and Twitter at Toddcast Podcast.